Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Island Talk Show, a free space to discuss different developments in Muslim-majority countries um, and beyond. Um, and this is our 11th episode. And today we have our second female guest. I'm so happy about this. Um, and uh, she is Ms. Azima Salim. She's an assistant professor at the Center for Communication and Critical Thinking in Jaipur, India. And she was part of our um, seventh and eighth uh, conferences. Um, and her paper and presentation is there at our website, islamabrinetwork.org, uh, and also um, our YouTube channel, Islam Network. Ms. Azima, we're very happy to have you with us today. Welcome. I'm so glad. Thank you for inviting me for this talk show. Thank you so much, Tasneem. You're welcome. All right. So uh, today we're going to be talking about something that is not hitting uh, international news anymore, maybe because of what's happening in Ukraine. But the situation on the ground is still evolving. So we want to talk about that and much more. So our talk today is about Muslims in India and in particular what happened in Karnataka. So if you can walk us through what happened back then and um, how did you uh, receive the news as a Muslim Indian living in India and um, you know what's the situation right now a few months after what happened? Yeah, basically when we got this news, this is basically uh, when the news was out, it was all over the news channels and everywhere. The, News was about that six Muslim women have been banned from the university and they're not allowed to enter the college because they were wearing hijab. And uh, there was a new regulation which was passed by the Karnataka state government which says that there will be a uniform for every student who's coming to the college and hijab is not a part of it. But few of the women resisted like hijab is an integral part of her religion and mm -hmm. it cannot be uh, go away with uh, with any kind of state laws so these six women were you know they were not allowed to enter the university not allowed to pursue their education and this is how the whole controversy started denying mm -hmm. women an education based cause of their dress code became a sensitive issues throughout the country and at that time there was a lot of debates that were coming up because whether this uh, dress code should be introduced in the college or not and how the secular ethos has been affecting so these kind of uh, debates that started escalating at that point of time so uh, this actually also went to the court and court has given the judgment against them that that they will you know give the judgment that will be based on rational and reason instead yeah. of any personal views or, or any personal or based on passion and emotion so even the court judgment was not in the favor of these Muslim women and somehow there was a lot of hue and cry in the universities. It has to be shut down for some days. And, uh, you know, once the education was affected firstly, then the sense of polarization became very intense. Like Absolutely. someone who wants to, you yeah. know, assert their dress code uh, in the universities, mm -hmm. then there was a counter assertion of those dress codes. Like there were yeah. students, male students who were wearing saffron, uh, uh, cloth and they were like yeah. they were just trying to assert their identity through the dress so mm -hmm. uh, something which was very menial in nature which was very integral to a religion become a sense you know a topic of uh, of, yeah. of uh, since uh, a very sensitive topic questioning the basic ethos of secularism as well so mm -hmm. this is exactly what happened and right now we are not like it is uh, just going through the process it's not more it's not discussed anymore okay. so there okay. are so many incidents even before also before this Karnataka incidents which mm -hmm. 
there, there, there was an incident in 2018 as well where the but, yeah 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 go ahead uh, but it was in 2017 there was in the universe in in, in the in, there was a pre-medical exam which was going on pre-medical exam for yeah. that there was an instruction by the cbsc that you have to wear a loose sleeves and you don't have to cover your head for that uh, women went to the court and there the, the judgment was passed in their favor that even if you want to make some changes in the dressing sense it should be you know, uh, it should be related. It should complement the religious ethos. You can call them like 10 minutes before and get it checked because mm -hmm. it's an exam. But you cannot just come up with some rules and regulations which is actually affecting the uh, the, the cultural or the religious values of any Absolutely. individual. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to the court thing um, in, in a second. But let's just get back to what happened in front of that um, school. So we all mm -hmm. saw that video that went viral, the girl that was shouting Allah Akbar and she challenged, you know, those who came to her um, wearing, you know, their, their, their red scarves. Um, so they were wearing their red scarves as well, but that was not a problem. Whereas her hijab was a problem. So um, I thought the problem was about you know you know sticking to secu to secularism, but it's not really the case. The problem was the hijab itself, right? Because there was no problem exactly. with the others. Exactly, because if you see, like there are Sikhs who wear turban, there yeah. are a lot of people who wear mangasutra, who wear sindoor. So there are so many things which represent your religious identity. Hijab is not the one of thing. Absolutely. So once yeah. it what happened during that that day specifically when the girl was walking towards the school just to submit her assignment and uh -huh. few and and the whole bunch of men not just the women the whole bunch of men yeah. just surrounded her and chanting and trying to you know intimate her forcefully so this shows that this is they are trying to assert their power in uh -huh. the, in, in in such a form that it will you know intimate her it will just take her back the reactions which she came, it was a counter reaction to that imposition. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. stood up for herself. Yeah. She, yeah, she stood so, for herself. She she basically talked about herself. She was asserting her identity because she has been uh, suppressed. She's been trying yes. to suppress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what was really particular about this incident in particular. So the court um, ruled, and I'm quoting, wearing the hijab is not an essential religious practice of Islam and preventing it does not violate the constitutional guarantee of religious freedom. I mean, really, like, I mean, you can, I mean, the Indian court has, you know, every right to, 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 to you know, rule in whichever way they want. But, um, you know, talking about Islam and what is essential and what is not in the religion of Islam, isn't that, you know, too far-fetched? <laughs> it is, it is. And even if you know, based on our constitution, if you go through the article 14, it says uh -huh. equality, uh, before law, equality uh, to all citizens and the protection uh, to all the citizens by law. Mm -hmm. So this Article 14, Article 15, Article 16, and Article 21, these are basically you know protecting the individual religion. They are protecting mm -hmm. against any sort of discrimination. Even the state cannot discriminate uh -huh. an individual based on their religious identity, because. Okay. Uh, if if we if we traced back our uh, how how this uh, article or how our fundamental has uh, rights has been formed, we are yeah. trying to see that we have given equal importance to each and every religion. We have not tried Absolutely. to separate the state with the religion. So mm -hmm. if the state is coming up with this understanding that 
anything which is which is a part of uh, you know religion firstly they said that this is or not a part of uh, religion the first and foremost problem was they take the literal translation of quran without considering any hadith or anything yeah, related absolutely. to that. And why, why would they go into that? I mean, it's not even their religion. It's, you know, we're, it's not that Muslims are, you know, talking about Hinduism or they, then they shouldn't, you know, at all. So, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, firstly, mm-hmm. they have been taking the inter, uh, literal translation of Quran, which is, which, which, which has to be supported by hadith, which has to be supported by other arguments. Secondly, they are uh, basic focusing on something. They they are basically overpowering the really personal law. Mm-hmm. According to our constitutions, until unless you don't have, you can if if you are not able to complement or go with the personal law or with the core element of any religion, you cannot yeah. overpower any personal law. This is basically subjugating to the uniform civil code which we mm-hmm. have in India, which is yeah. which is not there for the Muslims. For Muslims, we have a personal law. Uh, okay. Third thing, this basically shows that how, you know, they are asserting their ideas, their understanding in homogenizing the whole situation. Mm-hmm. If this mm-hmm. says, uh, uh, this one, a very important point, like this is, it is not a part of religion. It yes. is not literal a translation of that religion. Even then, also, constitution say, if you know, if 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 any identity like wearing hijab is a part of religion and cultural part of Muslims, and even mm-hmm. if it is going on for years and ages, you cannot change that. Absolutely, you cannot, yeah. Exactly, you cannot change that. You cannot impose that. You cannot forcefully, you know, go away with yeah. that. Even there's also. Yeah. yeah, there's also Article 28 um, uh, in exactly. the Indian Constitution that permits exactly. educational institutions that are maintained by religious groups to disseminate religious instruction, you know, exactly. including wearing hijab. So, you know, that's literally part of the Indian Constitution. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we have we we have all the articles in the constitutions which basically protect our religious identity, and we can uh, you know practice that in the public spaces. And yeah. the state can only make changes. Uh, if it is, you know, not affecting the integral part of uh, of any religion, or if it is not affecting any core element of any religion, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but in this case, what happens? This case, it was completely diverted by rational and by reasons, and they were, you know, subjugated to this this whole whole controversy yeah. based on passion been, and emotion. Yeah, they were yeah. all over the news. I mean, uh, BJP yes. spokesperson, I heard her yes. talking. In, uh, in the BBC World News, she, she was like, hijab is not even mandatory according to, to the Quran. I mean, why would you go into that in the first place? Yeah, so um, another point um, in this regard, um, um, I think a few weeks ago, uh, the Indian minister, minister of Education was in the UK for a conference, and he was bragging about how India is, you know, preaching about integrating marginalized women and, and, you know, worrying about their education and stuff. And one of the journalists was like, but Muslim women are marginalized women as well. And what happened to them is affecting their education and their mental health. So what about that? And he did not answer. So why do you think he didn't answer, even though that's an obvious question? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, it's a very obvious thing uh, why he didn't answer. You know, very interestingly, when I was going through all this controversy, I see that women are always the first one who has been used as a tool to subjugate any community. 
yeah so yeah. this is exactly they are trying to use women they are trying to objectify women because we have it's hijab controversy is not just the only controversy we have triple talaq we have a uh, ghar wapsi where the you know you, there was a there was a controversy where the a hindu guy was supposed to marry a muslim woman so that they can come into our religion and okay. they are forced to uh, you know forced to forceful conversion it's uh, yeah, yeah, so there is yeah. a very interesting law which has been come up that is a conversion uh, con- religious conversion act which was passed then there was a bully by app then there was a suli deal app and then there was a use of sexual social uh, using social media for harassing women by using their hijab picture in a pornographic uh images so yeah. these things they have been using women as the initial tool to suppress a specific community and which is now happening you know in, in which which is happening it is very evident right now slowly and slowly hijab controversy is also one of that controversy okay. but it's not just about hijab controversy it started exactly. the whole debate about other exactly. things exactly it's yeah. initiated the whole debate it put the limelight on the whole debate that what exactly is happening to our society and mm-hmm. the reason the, the the reason the minister has because he know and you know there mm-hmm. is a, there, in, in the line there is they are trying to uh, impose uniform civil code for all the religion if mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes into power that anyone with the personal law the christians the hindu uh, the yeah. christians the sikhs the muslims they have to be part of this uniform civil court which will undermine their own religious identity mm-hmm. but looking yeah. at the integral uh, part of india india is based on diverse language diverse Absolutely. culture diverse religion yeah. diverse dress codes so this is basically trying to homogenize and trying to impose their supremacist ideology towards yeah. uh, uh trying towards a nation they are just trying to yeah. make a nation with a hindu supremacist understanding mm-hmm. So I, I think this is one of the reason he must he cannot answer that specifically in a foreign country. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I I have been uh, to India in in 2019 and I was really amazed by um you know the uh, you know the coexistence between people and um you know the secularism where it's different to the French secularism. It's it's where you can actually come out and practice your religion and wear whatever you want freely. I have not seen any incidents like this. um but i have been told that these incidents you know have been increased since the 1980s i mean when the religious right wing was gradually starting to rise and, and come to power and before this government the the modi government people were ashamed and hesitant you know to be to fanatic hindus um but the government government made it possible and, and they're feeding in the narrative of hindu superiority um is this true uh yes and no because this idea of imposing like uh, this this practicing your own religion in the public space or practicing a personal law if you go back in 1970 uh, 76 i don't exactly remember the date but the shabano yeah. case uh-huh. very famous shabano case it has been mm-hmm. based on this idea of secularism where the court passed the judgment uh, which says that you know a uh, a uh, women under uh, under section 125 crpc a uh, women mm-hmm. is women has the right to get the maintenance from her husband so yeah. this this judgment was overpowered under rajiv gandhi ministry prime ministership 
who was not mm-hmm. even a bjp member he was from a congress and he okay. just overturned this whole idea that the personal law should be there and the personal law says that it, the maintenance should be based on meher or the amount of money which you should, which you get at the time of divorce yeah. that is what which has been prescribed but these things was you know countered by many of the liberals many of the feminist they countered it on the basis of gender justice Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. there was right wing who also discriminated and says that these are the wrong laws one should focus on you know uh, one should yeah. override one should not focus on this personal law but their intention was to you know submerge this personal law into a uniform civil code so mm-hmm. their understanding of submerging this personal law into a uniform uniform civil code has been laid back in 1980s only and yeah. their intention was very clear at that time only and which has been you know starting from a very uh, which has been perpetuating for a very long time even mm-hmm. in for 2014 when when uh, since since the coming of bjp in power uh, we have seen there has been so much of changes like triple talaq mm-hmm. if you try mm-hmm. to see the uh, triple talaq act it is something which is considered as progressive on the yeah. front but it is quite problematic if you go deeper into mm-hmm. so they were trying to project that triple talaq is something which you know help the muslim women to come out of so they try to project this idea of triple yeah. talaq it's very problematic mm-hmm. but they instead of going deeper into a socio economic condition of a women rather than you know why the triple talaq even exist so this yeah. contradiction they have been having it for a very long time and mm-hmm. which is also you know it's 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 sustaining and it's increasing the intensity has been increasing in last two years the intensity has been huge okay. even after ca the women were the most uh, you know active one during the ca protest yeah. there was a yeah. huge protest which was led by the women solely mm-hmm. so since then there has been so many violence against women in different forms so this is okay. like Yeah. That's really unfortunate. I mean, let's go back to the very beginning. I mean, um what does Gandhi, the father of the nation, think about secularism, religious pluralism in India and um you know, in particular Hindu Hindu Muslim um relationships? Uh, what does he think of that? I mean, he was one of the biggest propounder of secularism. He has been preaching secularism for a very long time and that is one of the reason he was assassinated like yeah. he was assassinated because if you see the partition of india and pakistan you mm-hmm. can see that how the part pakistan was get you know got partition because of the religious identity yeah. so in that time gandhi decided that india should not be based on any single religious identity because we are not a single religious identity we have sikh we have christians mm-hmm. we have parsis we have Jew, uh, we have Zoroastrians. We have so many religions. Yeah. So it instead of focusing on any one religious identity, equality should be given to all religion. They yeah. Otherwise, be, life is not possible. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Life would not be possible. And yeah. one need to approach secularism. It should be guided by the law. Mm-hmm. It should be uh, the, the 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 rights should be given to every religion equally. 
Yeah, and yeah. if you try to separate the religion and the state, if which is mostly happening in the West countries, which has happened because they have a very homogenized understanding of religion. But in India, mm -hmm. it is not possible at all. We have a diverse religion, we have diverse languages, we have diverse culture. So we need yeah. to give an equal respect, equal tolerance, equal Absolutely. Uh, 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 protections to all the religion, uh, all the religion. And that is mm -hmm. one of the reasons he was focusing on religious pluralism. Like all the religions living yeah. together and trying to come up and trying to figure out how they can sustain together. And they have been sustaining, like, yeah. they have been sustaining for a very long time in a, in a, I mean, in a productive manner. Yeah. What we're seeing in the news now is like stories, for example, the I don't know if you saw it, uh, an old man being uh, beaten up by an official um, and um, they thought he was Muslim, but he was not Muslim, he was Hindu and he ended up dying. Um, the other woman who tried to withdraw money from a bank and uh, she was denied her right uh, unless she removes her hijab and many other stories, um, you know, brokers not letting Muslims, you know, you know, rent houses. But on the other hand, I believe other other stories, success successful stories of coexistence exist, but they're not making it to the news. Um, why yes, do you think this is it? Why do you think this is happening? One reason, very importantly, they have to develop a narrative which says that we are a homogeneous nation. If you are with us, we are with us. If you're not with us, you are against us. It's mm -hmm. it's very simple. Yeah. Like they need to develop a narrative in order to inbuild because if you see someone who has been beaten up in the name of being Muslim, like there is a lot of cases of love jihad which has happened. Mm -hmm. And this shows this, they are trying to develop a political narrative among the people. First thing, try to inculcate fear, not only just among the Muslims, but also among the other religion as well. Thirdly, they need to divert it from the economic crisis which we are going through right now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. these are all the narratives, just they are trying to divert, you know, everything, every attention from the real issues. And this is yeah. one of the issue which, mm -hmm. which they are trying to... Uh, reason yeah, yeah. with it and if you can see there are a lot of cases there are a lot of uh, incidents which shows that there's a huge and very strong solidarity between two different communities especially that's what i saw to be honest when i was there yeah perfect coexistence it's, exactly yeah. i mean uh, everyone live together everyone understand what their preferences are what their languages what and they you can't really tell him this no muslim i mean they're the same Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Even at the time of COVID also, no one asked that whether it was a Muslim oxygen cylinder or a Hindu oxygen cylinder. <laughs> everyone was helping everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's very easy to coexist together. But the problem yeah. is they have been inculcating that narrative that we are different. But yeah. we are not different. It's mm -hmm. like us versus others. Absolutely. They, they, have, they have just generated this idea that we are hindu and they are others and we need to fight with them they are the enemy so this idea yeah. of imposing the other as an enemy is problematic mm -hmm. and this is actually diverting from all the problems like economic problems do you do, yeah yeah. yeah. So let's go to some international relations, uh, sorry, international uh, reactions by some of the major scholars of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, celebrated thinker uh, Noam Chomsky said in a recorded message to a congregation, congregational briefing that the pathology of Islamophobia, he actually called it Islamophobia, um, is now growing throughout the West. Um, and 
quote, it was taking its most lethal form in India, where the Modi government is systematically dismantling Indian secular democracy and turning the country into a Hindu ethnocracy, with almost 250 million Muslims becoming a persecuted minority. I mean, such a comment from such a person in such a place cannot be ignored. So how do, you know, the BJP government or other people uh, who are you know, fanatic about this, respond to these claims and these comments? I mean, uh, uh, there was, firstly, they blatantly reject this kind of statement. They say okay. that this is nothing happening like, like that. Mm -hmm. Even there was a statement from other, like the international religious freedom in US, he was also mm -hmm. passing the comments and saying, Rash, uh, Rashid Hussain, yeah. He was also saying that there is a problem which has been coming up like this and this the, the comments by the BJP leaders and others, they have been creating a lot of problem. But the problem, the beach, how the BJP is dealing with it, they are blatantly ignoring whatever is coming in the comments because that's what they have been doing. They are focused on doing what they want to do, ignoring, mm -hmm. dismantling the comments which has been coming from outside. Yeah. saying that this is the internal matter which should not be you know uh interfered by the external uh, or the outside scholars or the mm -hmm. uh experts or the academicians yeah. and yeah. this is basically affecting the relation somehow yeah absolutely. so they are yeah so they are trying to you know dismantle all the comments which has been coming by saying that this is their internal matters and it cannot be and they don't have any right to discuss on their internal matter but mm -hmm. somehow it is not an internal matter absolutely because it's 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 like 250 million muslims it's, yeah. muslims. it's not a minority but i mean it is exactly. in india but it's not exactly. a minority yeah exactly. yeah so i mean it cannot just yeah mm -hmm. So it's you qualify it as a case of Islamophobia. This is the this exactly. is what it should be called. Yeah. I mean yes. After looking to the recent cases, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though even though Hindus are not just persecuting against Muslims, but also non-Hindus as well, like Christians and other and yes, other religions. Yes. But the main yes. their main um, you know target um, is target is is Muslims. Is okay absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. there have been the cases of lynching there has been a cases of sexual harassment there has been a cases of online apps which has been harassing and objectifying women then mm -hmm. there is a cases of ca ca is like one of the most biggest uh, biggest you know tool yeah. to control and subjugate uh, muslims so mm -hmm. these are all the elements even now also like someone who has been living in india for a very long time they are scared of nrc and okay. recently uh, mr shah has also talked about that they are going to conduct nrc very soon after this pandemic will be mm -hmm. over and sooner or later they will start this nrc which is which is going to create a lot of problem obviously Absolutely. they won't you know expel the muslims from this country because end of the day they need some labor to work for them mm -hmm. but at the same time they will be considered as a second class citizen so this second class citizen is a very problematic thing because you are losing your own citizenship Absolutely. in your own country. Yeah. yeah. So this is like this the process yeah. has started for in the form of Islamophobia. The process yeah. has already started and I don't know on what stage we are in, but we are very a very advanced one for sure. Yeah. yeah, but we are near to the end somehow. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. 
So in all of this mess, I mean, where are the Muslims, the powerful ones? When I was preparing this interview, I was talking uh, to um, a Hindu friend whom I met in India, and he told me that he thinks that um, the, one of the reasons why this is happening is because a lot of, you know, the other religions have considerable middle class, um, you know, middle class that, that is thriving. Whereas for Muslims, the middle class part has immigrated to Pakistan. So yeah. what's left in India is, you know, the elite and the very rich Muslims who don't really bother about what's happening. So the one who assumes this um, is, you know, the lower class that bears all the burden. How, how accurate is this? It is absolutely accurate. I mean, we at the time of partition, most of the middle upper middle class Muslims have migrated to uh, Pakistan. And mostly the elite class is also elite and the feudal class is also migrated to Pakistan. Okay. What we are left with the lower middle class, but the problem is with the Muslims as well. I mean, okay. we are not focused on the things which we need to focus on, like, like the education. Like education, uh, the education status is, in India is very poor, especially among but the They're Muslims. denied their rights to, 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 to have yeah. education in the first place. Exactly. The, the, the problem it's a circle. Is it's like a vicious circle. It's a, it's, it's a circle, but we are not able to get out of that circle. There has to be something that needs to be get out of the circles. Secondly, mm -hmm. the segregation of the society. Okay. Firstly, whenever you go in some city, like even if you go to Delhi or even mm -hmm. if you go to Mumbai, any big city, you will find a segregated society where the Muslims are living. Okay. And the reason they want to they want to live there because they feel safe there. But isn't it the case with other with other religions? They wouldn't have their own areas in the city. Generally, no, no, no. Okay. No. Especially if I take the case study of Delhi, no. Uh huh. It's it's but we have three segregated uh, colonies which is okay. uh, fixed for Muslims like uh, there is Okla, mm -hmm. there is uh, there is a place in Yamuna Vihar, there, there is Old Delhi. So the problem is firstly they feel safe. They feel safe to live in the space where their own religious uh, identical people are living. People with same religious identity. Because they have been targeted. That's why. Exactly. They exactly. can't blame them. Exactly. I'm just challenging you. I mean, I know it's not it's wrong, yeah, yeah. but no, no. this is I, what they I, would say. That is fine. They, 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 they are being, you know, they are they, in order to feel safe, they are living there. But mm -hmm. they need to get out of that segregated society. They need okay. to think about it. They need to work on it. The problem mm -hmm. is they are not letting, you know, they are too scared to get out of that segregated society. That is one yeah. of the reasons the education level in among the Indian Muslims are very low. Secondly, okay. the one with the lower uh, with the with the middle class uh, uh, Muslims, if we talk about the middle class Muslims, they are focused mostly with their own with the food, clothes, and shelter. And basics, in order, yeah. basics exactly. In order to fulfill that basic necessity, they are not able to think beyond anything that because okay. it's very difficult for them to fulfill all those basic necessities as well. So they, these are they, they economically they are you know. Uh, uh, restricted in order to mm -hmm. expand so even if someone who has been going out and expressing like someone like me who got the privilege to go out and speak up even yeah. now as an Indian Muslim sometimes I'm scared to speak about my identity my okay. religion and my thoughts in public because I'm already surrounded by someone who has a you know dominating understanding of what the religion is all yeah. about they have this yeah. like people doesn't consider me a Muslim because I don't wear hijab. 
so that yeah. is also a misconceptions which has been there that someone who has been you know yeah. wearing hijab can only be a muslim and someone who has not been wearing hijab cannot be a muslim so there is a lot of misconception which has been happening and when i express my identity or something like uh, trying to be to assert my religious identity they feel like she must be a liberal one or she must be a yeah, yeah, yeah. someone who is very uh, लीडरशिपू नो uh ca was one of the time which we actually felt that there's that some strong leadership will emerge from that but it was you know uh, when the covid came all the big leaders were put into the jail and not, um, all, yeah. all the one who was emerging was charged with sedition and different other aspects mm. so we have firstly the lack uh, lack of leadership there's no one to guide the uh, the muslim community what they should do how they should Yeah. And speaking of speaking of leadership, there's no one to guide them. But are there people exactly. who are who are misguiding them? Because I've heard that Muslims, especially poor Muslims, they fall they fall prey to fanaticism and to the yeah. sense of victimhood. I mean, some religious preachers would you know um, emphasize that on them, and of course they're wrong. But is this happening? Yeah, I mean, yes. Somehow they have been falling because it's very easy to manipulate a. poor or a labor class person even mm-hmm. if it is a muslim or a non muslim you just have to pay them yeah you just have to ask them to speak in our favor it's very easy and we mm-hmm. have large number of labor class we have a huge labor class in our country okay so it's easier to manipulate those class despite of the fact they don't understand what the repercussions will be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it it is easy to manipulate them somehow i feel What about the media in all of this? I mean, um, I mean, is are there any Muslim media or some some media that is explaining the misconceptions or everything you're hearing about is about the, is is you know made by the government and implementing further um, their narrative, which is biased, of course. Media. If I talk about media, uh, <laughs> there is like lot of issues with media. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Firstly. the media if if i see in that on the national tv there is no muslim dominated media which has been talking or you know correcting this narrative yeah there is one channel there is one channel ndtv which has been talking about what is happening how we need to focus on it a very 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 interesting anchor ravish kumar if you have if you ever get chance just go mm-hmm. through his channels yeah. so he is just trying to debunk all the narratives which has been coming up but he is like people watching army people are watching but there are only specific class who are watching this but right we already believe in what he's saying so we're not gaining new viewers right exactly exactly yeah. because the view, and if you see the other kind of media they are more opinionated they are more aggressive they mm. are more narrative based so whatever okay. the narrative the government is providing them they are just trying to sensationalize it and sell it to the people and something which has been you know so dramatized and so sensationalized it is easier yeah. for people to consume absolutely so that's 
exactly that's what is happening with the with with the media media mm-hmm. is completely shattered nice. it's 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 like it's considered to be the fourth pillar of democracy but yeah. it's also one of the pillar which is you know com- which is which is one of the reason that our democracy the democracy is not functioning is in india exactly democracy yeah, has yeah. been crumbling down so uh, i mean and yeah no, yeah yeah, yeah. So and another thing, like if you go to the social media, you will oh, find yeah, lots. <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely different stories. You will find so many informations that has been floating without any filter, which is just and people are more, uh, you know, more attached and connected to social media yes. than to the national media. Yes. They watch more of the YouTube than of the national TV. Yeah. So yeah. this narrative, this idea of media and the social media is also, you know. is creating a problem it's also a way towards islamophobia and it's 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 just a tool and no one from muslims are taking the lead to have like pages to you know uh, correct the misconceptions and stuff which is cheap are, anyway if anyone can do that exactly but there are like there are few of the print medias like all okay. news there is buyer there is quint there are print medias who has been countering all these narratives using mm-hmm. all these facts that this is the fact and this is something which has been floating and this is done by both the muslims and the non muslims so there are people who has been uh, especially in the print media print media is something which is still you know uh, one can rely on but again yeah. how many people are reading those print media <laughs> that is also one yeah. of the questions one need to you know answer and to mm-hmm. have to be, mm-hmm. have to reconsider about that It's really a shame because India has always been um you know an icon of um democracy and coexisting um so now if you know there are 40% muslims and 80% hindus if all hindus react like you know the crazy people were saying in in, in the media we're seeing in in the media um the, it, the country would be literally finished and uh, they're actually harming their country without even realizing it so they need to be you know um you know you know shown this this truth that's why you guys exactly. and people like you have a huge huge responsibility and a lot of work to do <laughs> i believe so and, and and very interestingly like it's not the 80% of hindus who has been developing this narrative it's yeah. just the small 5 to 6% no if it had been the 80% yeah. there wouldn't be any india anymore exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. it's just a very small percentage very small mm-hmm. percentage who has been yeah. controlling and forming this narrative otherwise everyone is just more focused in you know having their basic necessities to have a peaceful life to yeah. raise their living standards they are more focused on those things they doesn't yeah. understand that there are problems beside that also which we need to you know need to be vocal about it exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah because uh, at any point they will reach them i mean these problems will affect them sooner or later even if they choose to be silent mm-hmm. yeah you well, can see the has... classic example of sri lanka obviously it's not a comparative analysis yeah but it can be a that's like yeah that's the the example there is more telling absolutely yeah. well i mean time has passed by really quickly any final thoughts yeah. asima on this uh That, that's it i mean we still have some hope i still feel like if we you know focused on i was i have read all the articles when i was thinking about this i read like if we go by our constitutional secularism there are yeah. so much of scope scope that we can you know overpower this islamophobia and we can live 
together we can live coexistently and this yeah. idea of religious pluralism is not something which is very strange or very abstract i live with someone who is who's who, who is non muslim and we live very peacefully we we understand each other's food habit we understand each other's language we understand each other's way of practicing their own religion and somehow the respect tolerance is yeah. the most important things which we need to you know establish even gandhi was more focused on establishing yeah. this idea of uh peace and tolerance while while coexisting together so that's something you're not you're not learning it you know from scratch i mean you have lived there exactly. for ages you know in exactly. india so this is i hope this is just a phase and it'll it'll pass by with I your efforts so. and people like you yeah thank so. you thank I you very much azima i hope that next time we'll be discussing a brighter topic a better topic than this so one much. um and uh hope to see you again um in the island talk show thank you very much okay thank you thank you right. so much justine bye you're welcome I hope that our viewers enjoyed this and uh, we welcome all of your comments and questions. Goodbye.